to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. He desires you to be set apart. It's a reality. We just have to turn to Him. But notice it goes on to say, put on tender mercies and kindness and humility and meekness and long-suffering. I, again, there, there's character traits that mark a believer. When we become born again, we, we have, you know, we're new. If anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And these are things that are ours according to the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we can't have these character traits. It's impossible. You can try to, to have tender mercies. You can try to be kind. You can try to have humility. You can only go so far. But these are the fruit of the Spirit. When you, you're one with God and you, you're, you have a relationship with God, all these are available to us. And that's why I said godly attire. We're, we put on these things. They're readily available to us. We, he gives us his mercies and his kindness. He gives us his patience. And he clothes us in humility. They belong to us as believers here today. So there's the practical, there's the, the applying. I, I see the practical, because put on, if you look at that word put on, it's very interesting. It means to put on a garment. If you really examine that, it has a sense of sinking into a garment. It's kind of like sinking into your slippers. I don't know about you, when I'm in my bedroom around the house, I have a pair of slippers. I love slipping them on. I love just kind of sinking into them. They're comfortable. And I love walking. Matter of fact, my wife and I went on, we go on walks a lot on Saturdays and I usually do, you know, go myself. She's been coming out there with me. And I had my slippers on. I usually would put shoes on because it's kind of gross going outside. But I'm like, I don't care. I'm wearing my slippers. So we went on a walk. I had my slippers on the whole time because I, I love my slippers. And it's like God's saying, just slip into these things. They already belong to you. Slip them on. Put on your godly attire. The first one is tender mercies. Tender mercies. This speaks of an inward like a heart of compassion, having an inward heart of compassion. It, the word is, you know, tender, the bowels, and it's where the, the seat of your emotions are. So you know, it, your emotions, your inward parts should have compassion for others. We should be compassionate for others. We should have pity on others. We should have God's heart towards other people. And God has that for us. And, and he wants us to have tender mercies to, for one another. I remember when my wife and I had our second miscarriage and we lost our second baby and it was a difficult time and we were out at the grocery store and while we we're at the grocery store I was in line I look over and Kathy Laurie was in line with us and somehow she knew that we had a miscarriage through a mutual friend or whatever she so she started talking with us and she said I'm so sorry and and I'll tell you what she put on the tender mercies of God and she poured out God's tender mercies and she started ministering to us she started pouring into us and she started just you know talking in a way that I knew God was talking to me I was just like God is talking to me and God is speaking to me God's tender tender mercies are just ministering to my heart and to me in such a powerful way and I remember I was literally in line at this grocery store and she's just like and she said and I'm just like I can't even remember what she said all I know is God was saying I love you 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 and I can say when I look at this word tender mercies I I can say Kathy Laurie Greg Laurie's wife it has this thing you know she is operating in that that wonderful character trait of tender mercies God's tender mercies being poured out on me and it was just like I'll never forget it 
And to me, it was just like, God just spoke to me. And I knew it was Kathy Laurie talking, but I knew it was God using her as his mouthpiece to speak directly to my heart. And God has tender mercies. And, and he wants us to have that, the ability to, to be in tune with what he thinks about a, search, a certain situation. He wants us to be in tune. And sometimes, you know, it's like when someone comes to me for prayer, someone comes to me for counseling, someone comes to me, you know, I don't want to just be all legalistic and be the, the word says the word. We need the word. Yes, absolutely. Da, 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 da. And then they're just like, okay, so he quoted a bunch of scriptures and he just, but he really doesn't care about me even a little bit. No, I pray and I say, Lord, give me your heart. I want tender mercies. I love what Paul the Apostle said, 2 Corinthians 1.3. Paul says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our tribulation. Why? Look at this. That we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with what? The comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by who? By God. The difficult situations I've gone through in my life, let me tell you, we have a God of mercy, a Father of mercy. We have a God of all comfort. And he comforts us. And he doesn't comfort us just to comfort us. He comforts us in our times of tribulation and trials and difficulties that we would in turn comfort those that are in need, those that are going through difficult times. So we'll know how to do that. You see, Kathy Laurie, I think it was like a year prior to that meeting we had, her and Greg, they, their son Christopher went to be with the Lord. And so believe me, she knew how to, to show mercy and compassion and she knew what to say. Why? Because she was comforted and she was just extending that same comfort that God gave to her and she was saying, wow, this comfort me. I know this is going to comfort you. He's the God of all mercy. He's the God of all comfort. And it's available to all of us. Kindness means to be helpful to others, being concerned about them, showing kindness. Over the years, I've watched the Lord just... Excuse me, I've watched, yeah, the Lord work in people's lives, but I've, I've watched, we've watched here in this place, many different people come to the Lord. Some coming out of drugs, some coming out of terrible lifestyles, some coming out of broken marriages, and, and we've watched the Holy Spirit work in their lives and change them, and we watch the kindness work in their lives, and then we see, you know, they give their life to Christ, their life is changed, and all of a sudden, now they, want, they care about others. They, they want to know, how can I help? How can I serve? What can I do? What can I do to help? I, I, I want to be others-minded. And they get it. And God's spirit works in their hearts. And they realize, I, I'm here to serve others. I, 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 you know, it's like we take our eyes off ourselves, our selfishness and our pride. And we, we put that, we say, wait a second. No, God, you know, you've saved me and you're good and, and you're so kind. And it's like, what can I do? And you have that, that heart change. And God you know, puts that in your heart and you want to help others. You want to be kind. Pastor Chad told me a story about, I believe it was his relatives, but they were driving in this area. It was real dark, and the, the roads, I guess, were real windy and kind of a, a dangerous area, so they put their high beams on. And so they were they're driving with their high beams, and the people that are coming the other way were flashing their high beams, like, turn off your high, you're blinding me. I can't, so this is way dangerous. I don't need your high beams. And so, so someone you know, mentioned it to the driver, hey, you need to turn your high beams off. You know, It's like, no, I can see better. It's like, but what about them? 
And it's kind of like how we are when we come, before we come to Christ. It's like, it's just me. You don't really get much concern about the other person. It's like, I can see great. I could care less what they can see. And well, oh, they fall off the side of the cliff. Oh, well, I'm going to be safe. But then when we're changed and God changes our lives, we have that. We have his heart. We, we have his spirit and, and we have his kindness and we care about others. Humility and meekness. Some people say that meekness or humility is, you know, thinking poorly of oneself. That's not, that's not the definition of this. That's a false humility. So, oh, I hate myself and I'm no good. And, and people say, oh, you're so humble. I know I'm very humble. It's like, no. Oh. <laughs> that's not what it is. It's having the proper estimation of oneself according to what God says in his word, who we are in Christ. It's putting others first, esteeming others more highly than yourself. Philippians 2, 3, it's not being a manipulator. It's not being prideful. It's, it's being in the spirit, walking in humility, walking in the spirit, walking in meekness, not being so concerned with what others think about you and who you are, but more concerned what God thinks about you. Long-suffering. That's a word we don't use too often, do we? We don't hear people say, oh, I've been long-suffering lately. It almost sounds like it's something that we have to suffer for God. No, that's not what long-suffering means. It means patience, endurance. It talks about yeah, a perseverance, and it's a consistency. It's, it's even, you know, being patient with people that, are, that can get on your nerves or people that are not likable, and just, just persevering with that and going forward with that and enduring and, and going through and say, Lord, you have me here. You want me here. Lord, give me, help me to know what I'm supposed to learn through this. Long-suffering. That's impossible without the Holy Spirit, isn't it? I remember one day my wife and I, we, I, or actually I picked up a, a printer cartridge for my computer, for my printer, and I tested it out on Saturday because Sunday is when I type up or my print up my notes, you know, so I thought, well, I better make sure it works. You know, that'd be terrible if it doesn't work the next morning. So I put the printer on and I printed some of my notes and everything was blotchy and black and it was just terrible. And I was like, oh no. And I, so I took it out, tried cleaning it up, put it back in. It's just black and blotchy. And I'm like, wow, good thing I tested this. That would have been terrible Sunday morning, you know, with blotchy black notes, you know? So I'm like, oh man, I was so excited that I found this. I said, honey, we got to return this. We got to go back. So we're standing in line and we finally get to line. The guy's behind the counter and he just has this terrible attitude. He's like, you know, he's rude and he's just obnoxious and he's just, you know, he's, it's like, we're just, you know, we're interrupting his day, even though he's supposed to be working. And I was like, it was just terrible. And I know my wife, she's, a, she's Scottish, and that's just the way she's, there's fighting, a lot of Scottish people and Irish, they're, they're called fighting Scots or fighting Irish, you know, so she's just ready to say, hey, you know, are we interrupting something or here? Are you working here or what? I mean, we're, <laughs> so, you know, and I knew that was going to happen, and it's okay, you know, because, you know, she has that gift of exhortation. <laughs> So I whispered in her ear, I says, honey, let's, you know, a soft answer drives away wrath. Let's love this guy. And she's like, she's like, I love him in a different way, you know. It's, like, <laughs> it's okay. I go, let me handle this one. It's okay. So we just started loving him. We just started, you know, just, you know, being kind and gentle and bearing with him and all that. And it comes, you know, come to find out, you know, he's like, oh, you're a pastor. And yeah, I used to go to this church and find out he's a backslidden Christian. He's just totally in the world and he's totally not walking with the, with the Lord. 
And through that conversation, I believe, and through, you know, patience and kindness and gentleness and all that, bearing with him and long-suffering and just, the the Holy Spirit just worked in his heart. We were able to minister to him. And he's like, oh, man, I really need to get back in church. I I really need to follow the Lord. And it's just been terrible. And it was just the, the Holy Spirit working. But people are drawn to God when you're operating in the Spirit. When you're acting like your old self and you're walking in that way, people aren't drawn to that. Anybody, we, we, we need to be different than this world, amen? And we should be, we are different. And part of it is having that long suffering, being patient with others. I love what Paul the Apostle said in 1 Corinthians 13, love suffers long and is kind. Love is not envy, does, does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked. That's love. That's God's love. So Lord, help us to be patient with others, enduring, persevering. It's not always about you. But God wants to use those circumstances in your life to change you, that you would count and rely on him more. Let's look at the next verse in our text, please. Verse 13. Bearing with one another. In any church, especially, I believe, when you're in a smaller church or a church, you know, like our size, relationships can be difficult. And we see it time and time again, you know, just different personalities being in contact with each other, people rubbing each other the wrong way. And and the thing what our old sinful nature wants to do is just say, I'm out of here. I'm gone. I'm leaving. And you can leave. Go to another church. Get close to the people there. Guess what? You're going to leave that church too. Why? Because we're called to bear with one another. Next thing you know, you're not in church anymore. Next thing you know, your family's not in church anymore. Next thing you know, you're wondering, how did I get here? Well, God calls us to bear with one another to hold back, that word means, to endure in spite of threats and persecution and complaints. It means forbearance, bearing with the people that are in our lives. Only by the Holy Spirit can we do this. Communication is very important. First, communicating to God and confessing it to him. Say, God, this person really gets on my nerves. This person hurt me. This person is, you know, doesn't understand. Let me tell you, before I became a Christian, my philosophy, which was wrong, let me repeat this, my philosophy, which was wrong, would be bearing with people, bearing with people, bearing with people, and then when they, when you bear with them so long and they're still not cooperative, cut them off. And I meant my philosophy without Christ, without the Lord, when I meant cut it off, I mean never to ever have a relationship with that person again, they're cut off. And early on in my walk with Christ, he, he spoke to me many times and said, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, God, I gave him one chance, I gave him two chances, three strikes, they're out. <laughs> he says, can you show me what verse you're looking at? <laughs> Wasn't it stuck in Benjamin? No, let's see. <laughs> oh yeah, that's not in the Bible. And God dealt with me many times and said, no, I want you to bear with them. I want you to go to them. I want you to talk with them. I want you to communicate with them. I want you to humble yourself. I want you to deal with this. 
See, I never had to deal with things before I knew Christ. It wasn't dealing with them. It was like, okay, give them one chance. Give them a second chance. Don't even talk about it. Give them a third. It's like, you're out. And I remember very clearly the Lord speaking to me saying, you can't do that. Yeah, you can choose to do that, but that's not what I want you to do. I want you to go and I want you to talk to that person. And he's even told me something. I want you to go talk to the person. I want you to apologize. I'm like, what am I going to apologize for? <laughs> They're wrong. No, your attitude is wrong towards them, and I want you to go and talk with them. I want you to communicate. I want you to bear with them. And listen, please listen. When I did that, and I still occasionally have to do that, but as early on when the Lord was dealing with that in my heart and was showing me these things, I'd say probably 99.9%, at least 90% of the time, I totally misunderstood the situation. I totally misunderstood it. I, I thought I heard this and they said this and because as soon as they said one thing, my heart was so bitter and so upset and I, then whatever they were saying, I was hearing it all the wrong way because I was so upset at them and it's like, and you said this and I was like, no, I didn't say that. This is what I said and this is why I said, I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense. Okay, I do remember. Oh yeah, you did say that. Oh, okay, yeah. Hey, you know what? Um, I'm really mad at you because of the wrong reasons. So uh, I'm sorry. I've had people mad at me sometimes for a long time. They come to me, you know, like a year later, or three months later, six months later, four years later, whatever. They say, uh, Pastor Joe, remember that time you said this? And I'm like, when was that? Uh, four years ago, you said this and that. Oh, four years ago? I can barely remember what I said yesterday. Okay, what? What did I say? And they're like, this and this and this. Like, okay, this I said, but uh, okay, wait a second. Okay, I do remember saying, oh, okay, now remember, I did say this, but this is the reason why I said this, and this is the reason why I did this. And that's what it, and they're like, oh, man. You mean I've been upset with you for four years for nothing? <laughs> Seriously, if I had this happen to me before, a few times people have come to me and just things, and, then, and you know what I said to that person? You should have came to me four years ago. Four years ago, you've been, and I'm thinking, and I'm like, you've been carrying this for four years? Yeah. I'm saying, boy, you, you probably have some illnesses or something. Oh, that's hard to hold on to that kind of stuff. You got to deal with this. You're bearing with one another. I love what someone said. I don't know who said this. To live above with saints we love, well, that will be great glory. But to live below with saints we know, well, that's another story. <laughs> but it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. Bearing with one another. Forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint, do you have a complaint against somebody? What does it say? Even as Christ forgave you, so you must. Let's say that again. So you must do. Right. And it's talking about forgiveness. You're right. So you also must do. Forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, did Christ forgive you of some of the things that you did wrong? Did Christ forgive you of 80% of the things you did wrong? Did Christ forgive you for everything? Yes. Even so, we're to forgive. I love what Corey Ten Boom said. She said, when we, come, excuse me, when we come to Jesus, he takes our sins and puts them in the sea of forgetfulness and hangs a sign, no fishing allowed. There's a sign there, no fishing allowed. When, when God forgives you, he forgets. Does God have amnesia? No. He chooses to forget. Puts it behind him. He chooses not to remember. He forgives, he forgets, he puts it behind. I pray that would be our heart towards others that come to us and confess, and ask for forgiveness. Years ago, when we, my wife and I were serving at Calvary Costa Mesa, we were overseeing the Young Married Couple Fellowship. 
And we had someone in the group was causing trouble and problems. And so we had complaints. Different couples would come to us and say, so-and-so did this. And another couple, so-and-so did this. And another couples, you know, he said this and he did it. And we're like, oh, no. So we sat the young man down and we, we told him, we says, well, you, I had a complaint about this and this and this and this. And, and I'll never forget what he did. He, he just put his head down and he started crying. He started weeping. He says, he says, I didn't even know. I'm so sorry. I really didn't mean to hurt them. And he says, Pastor, will you forgive me? And I says, yeah. And I says, well, you should talk to them. He says, I'll talk to them and I'll ask him to forgive me. He says, I'm sorry. He says, you know, I, you know, basically he was just a young Christian and he's just a bowl in a china shop, you know, just, you know, and God was dealing with him. But, but that heart, you know, when he said, you know, pastor, will you forgive me? He wasn't like, no, well, you know, you're going to have to do some penance. You're going to have to, there's a big building around here. I want you to march around this building four times, son. No, of course not. God is quick to forgive. God is slow to anger. He's quick to forgive us. He's slow to anger. And we're, we're to have that heart to, for others. We, I've had people over the years, though, we've had to sit down and there's complaints and we just explain to them and say, this is what's going on and this is here. What do you say? And then they, they, they don't want to hear that. And they're like, well, I'm never coming back to that church. I'm just, I hate these people. I was like, well, we tried to bring forgiveness. We forgive you, but you've got to repent. You've got to turn. There's some people, in, even in the Christian life, we're, we're not going to be best friends with. You know, there's just thing, it's not going to happen. We can try. The Bible says, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. As much as depends on you. you, you try everything you can. You try to make it work. But there comes a time if they're just, you know, they're, they're in sin and they're just re, they're, they're refusing to, to turn, they're refusing to talk about it, then it's going to happen. And the enemy can come up in your, your mind and you start beating you up. Oh, you're not very forgiving. Oh, you're not. No, you, you know, I look back at some of my relationships. There's, there's things, there's people in this church I loved and poured into and stuff. And they, and they just, we, we talk to them and they're just like, ah, la, la, la. And I believe they still love the Lord and all, but they're just, they're, God's dealing with some things in them. But as much as depends on me, I have to make sure my heart's right with that person. I have to make sure in my heart I'm forgiving that person and I'm ready to restore that person if that's what needs, you know, any time. As much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. We're to forgive even as Christ forgave us. Paul, talking to the church there in Ephesus, basically says the same thing. He says, and to be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. And maybe there's someone in your heart today that you, you say, well, I, you know, I'm just cutting them off, or I'm just, you know, they're that kind of person. Well, did you try to work things out with them? You tried to bear with them and talk with them? Maybe God wants to restore that relationship. And again, there's going to be some that there is no repentance, there is no turning, and even I think of Jesus when he rebuked many of the religious leaders. There wasn't repentance there. There wasn't forgiveness there because they didn't want to be forgiven. So I'm just giving you the balance with that. Last verse. Let's look at the last verse. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. I just want to end with this. Just, love is the bond of perfection. First John says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, because God is love. God is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And there's patience and kindness and gentleness, self-control, all these things, but love is what holds it all together. So again, 
The moment we become believers in Jesus Christ, we have a new nature. We're born of his Holy Spirit. But when it comes to relationships, God has spiritual attire for us, as I put it. All this is available to us. It's not something we have to work up. It's something that's found in a relationship with God by his Holy Spirit. But in a practical sense, we need to put it on. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.